you know, you can be as pure as you want about science and definitely the ideals which we operate in the lab are as pure as we can be about science and discovery and truth. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, you have to run a, you have to run a lab and running a lab means you have to fundraise, you have to create opportunities, you have to create, have resources, um, you have to create this playground, this sandbox where we can all come and play and I think of it as kind of serious play where it needs to be playful and creative and fun but we're trying to make discoveries and if you don't do that you're going to be out of business and not get to play. Welcome to Strategy for Scientists. This is a podcast for scientists interested in learning about the fundamentals of business strategy through stories. I'm Ting Nguyen for Strategy for Scientists at the University of California, San Francisco. In this podcast, I talk to Bob Varese, professor of genetics and complex diseases at Harvard Chan School of Public Health and professor of cell biology at Harvard Medical School. We talked about opportunity costs in running a lab, promoting your lab brand, strategies regarding competition, and an interesting way to organize and lead a lab. These stories bring a business lens to decision-making in an academic lab. So I asked Bob about an example of opportunity cost in the lab. According to Investopedia, an opportunity cost represents an alternative given up when a decision is made. For example, when you decide to work on Project A, the opportunity cost is the data lost by not working on Project B. Bob speaks a little about how he thinks about picking projects. In my experience, you know, there's this business rule, I think it's called Pareto's rule, that about 85% of your productivity comes from about 15 to 20% of your projects. So just, you know, not every project is equal um, in terms of its impact. And uh, that's a bit unforeseeable at the start. We like to believe at the start they all have great potential for impact. Um, but then there's a lot of variables, you know, the, the world changes, science changes, the person working on the project uh, may or may not have success, the project itself might or might not be uh, solvable. And so at the end of the day, some things become very impactful and uh, often for unpredictable reasons. Maybe you make a discovery that you didn't foresee at all. And so at the end of the day, I think that it's, you know, it follows sort of the usual rules of productivity where where 85% of your productivity might be in 15 or 20% of your projects. So as you begin to realize that as a lab leader, you want to pay laser-like attention to those things that you think are of really big and important impact and, you know, make sure that they're moving along, make sure that you're removing uh, roadblocks. Um, so I think that's the instinct of any leader is to really pick up on things that are important. According to Bob, one aspect of his strategy in picking projects is paying laser-like attention to the projects that might have greatest impact. You know, they might be too hard to do. Um, they might, we might not have the right technology to do it. Or our hypothesis might just be wrong. And those are, those are difficult moments, but I think it's the responsibility of the, the, the leader to see that coming and you know to sit down with the person doing it and and you know just have a honest transparent conversation which means you know we recognize all the work that's been put into this and we have to put it away or put it on the shelf for now and it would be better to throw good money after good money or a good project rather than to keep throwing good money or good effort on a on a bad after bad money 
and they're difficult decisions but um, I think one has to keep constantly aware of that because it's very easy to to waste resources you know on on bad ideas we also talked about branding the lab now branding sounds like such a businessy term but all it is is defining the values for your lab and what you want others to think about when they think about your lab I anticipated he might want the lab to be known for the genes they discovered or their important work in lipid metabolism. But Bob's answer was broader, bigger picture, and in a sense, more personal. The question of promoting the brand and similar kinds of things relates to ultimately, does it serve the work? Okay, so we have a certain mission in our laboratory and everyone is you know pulling together in alignment trying to accomplish the mission of discovering things that we're interested in so it becomes important in my view to in service to that work that we have a brand of science that we can stand behind um, which to me means and I've tried to do this throughout my career is that there's a certain quality that's of science and communication of that science that's associated with all of our work. Not everything you do is a home run, you know, a cell or a science or nature paper. Um, there are a bunch of base hits, there's a bunch of doubles, maybe a triple here and there. Each of those pieces of work that is the product of your lab, in my view, for me, needs to have a certain quality that we put our stamp of approval on. Um, that for me also carries over into how I present my work to other people, how I give talks, how I communicate my science, um, which I think is extremely important because that's your interface with the rest of the world. And in our papers, which are even more important because um, that is the peer-reviewed recorded document of your work and definitely where what you do meets the outside world and meets anyone in the outside world, not just who happens to show up at your talk. You know, in my view, when you think about it, that's really where you want your your brand to shine and that um, you have to decide what the values are of that brand. But for us, it's, you know, high quality science done to the best of our abilities and communicated to the best of our abilities. And we, as lab leaders, uh, Toby and I try to make sure that people in the lab drink the Kool-Aid and they want to, they want to, they're here because they, they also believe in that. So you heard Bob mention Toby. Toby is the other PI in their joint lab, but more on Toby later. Bob views the lab's brand as the quality of work, communication of their work, and now the more personal aspect of the brand. You are a person while you're doing your science and um, therefore that is an important component of, of of your brand? Do you treat people uh, with respect? Do you um, recognize uh, other good science and, you know, um, applaud them and give them credit? Um, are you a good colleague? Do you, are you helpful? You know, these things are all, I think, less obvious but very important. In defining the brand of a lab, you're thinking about your values or your value proposition. Why is the work you're doing important? How are you doing it? And how is it different from other people? Well, this led me to ask him about competition. Because when you're defining your brand, you're carving out your unique space, your niche compared to others. 
So I asked him his philosophy and strategies in dealing with competition. I welcome competition because in the right view, it spurs us on to do our very best work, to do science the best we can do. So Bob welcomes competition because it helps you to do your science better. But what does he specifically do if he finds out someone is working on the same story? Here's what he had to say. That happens to a lot of us, and it certainly happened to me numerous times in my career. I've become aware somebody else is working on something similar. Um, I think there are different ways to handle that. If it's early on and you know the person, their colleague, you, you may want to have a conversation. You know, uh, I heard you're interested in this. We're all just interested in this problem. Do you want to chat? We'd like to know how far along you are. I mean, again, the opportunity costs, I'm not sure. Sometimes it's not worth redoing something that someone else is almost finished with, for example. Um, on the other hand, I believe that, you know, different people can set out with the same project and the same goal and come up with um, different discoveries. You know, it depends on how much you've sunk into it, but if you've sunk a lot into it, I think there's a lot of merit in doing what you do. Um, one person may be first, but there's a lot of value for science of having you know, two people figure something out and come to the same conclusions. I also asked Bob about the organizational context of the lab, not necessarily how big it is or, or where he wants the lab to be, but about how he leads it. And, and Bob has a unique model in the sense that he has a scientific partner, Tobias Walther. The Freese Walther lab members benefit from the shared minds of both PIs. Bob talks a little bit about the benefits of this model. So I think our lab um, takes on the characteristics, the personalities, and the values that Toby and I share and project. And, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's very exciting. We didn't talk much about um, partnerships and running a lab, but uh, that I've been doing uh, over a distance with Toby for about 12 years and the last two and a half years together. And it's a really exciting way to run a lab um, with, uh, you know, the things that come in any partnership, if you, if you share common values and a dedication to um, synergistic creativity that happens through the power of two people, where one plus one is three, uh, it can just be a really fantastic thing. And then, of course, uh, we share a lot of uh, values and a lot of, we agree on the vast majority of important things, but we both bring different personalities to the lab. And I think the people in the lab then pick up these things from both of us and uh, hopefully are the better for it. Thank you for tuning in to Strategy for Scientists. Are you interested in learning more? Check out the online lectures co-produced by iBiology and the UCSF Office of Career and Professional Development. Tune in for more stories about scientists using strategy.